This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. Uh, This episode was a ton of fun with our boys from the Fall podcast, Uh, Michigan boys. Tons of good, just organic conversation went into this how we do most of our podcasts, but especially um, even though this is a call-in episode, uh, just love talking with Aaron and David. Great, great dudes. Um, looking forward to getting to hang out with those guys in person again soon. But yeah, love this conversation. Love this podcast. Um, hopefully you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. A um, couple announcements this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time, Illinois Deer and Beer Fest kicks off tomorrow night in Bloomington, Illinois. Come out, deer, gear sales, see us. High five some of our partners that are going to be there. Old Barn's going to be mounting my eight from last year. And Saturday night, right after the show, an awesome after party with live music. Cody Christian is headlining a bunch of other great musicians in the mix and cold beer and drinks. How can you not have a good time with any of that? Deer hunting, live music, cold drinks, high fives. Come out to Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. We will be there. Uh, let's have a let's have a party, preseason party. So that is Bloomington, Illinois, this weekend, August twenty fifth through the twenty seventh. Um, that'll be fun. Um, I'm really. I think. What else we got? We got a, our Mountain Ops giveaway. We're running tons of prizes. Hit the uh, link in the episode description, or it's in our Instagram profile. All you got to do. Use code WCB at some sort of purchase at Mountain Ops. Once you use that code, um, basically it gets filed, and then we're going to pull everyone that used our code. Uh, we're giving away an Elite Omnia, Grizzly Coolers, stuff from Trophy Lines, stuff from Red, I mean, a bunch of stuff. So, and each prize is a separate winner. So it's not like one person gets the whole deal. Um, $100 doubles your entries. And uh, yeah, man, giving away a bunch of stuff. And hopefully uh, you're a winner. Hopefully you can put some of that gear to use this fall. Uh, let's cut to the business because I know you guys just want to hear the episode and I'm thankful for you guys supporting our partners. Um, and that means a lot. It does. Um, we see the response. We see the support 
they see the support, the support, and it gets fed back to us. And um, that makes us super thankful that you guys believe in the brands we believe in. Um, because honestly, if you look at the categories of our brands, they're all in their own categories and stuff we want to use anyway. And it's even better if they support what we do and allow us to chase our dreams through the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. Shout out to the listener for making this possible. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. I was just at Josh McDaniel's shop in Linton, Indiana, Josh and Kristen, and got my era set up. We did a bear shaft tune, got everything going. That thing is a shooter. Uh, the Omni is also a shooter. The terrain is also a shooter, but we set up my era yesterday and got her all tuned in. So it's shooting time. It, it should have been shooting time a lot, but uh, now it's, um, you know, it just feels good. Take it down to Josh and watch him like work his bow tech magic on there. Um, so check them out. If you're in that area, they're an elite dealer. They also sell a, lot, uh, a few other brands of bows if that's what you're into. But yeah, ch- look them up. Check out Elite Archery. Um, take the shootability challenge. Get down. Just shoot the bows. You don't got to go in and buy it to s- see what it feels like. If you're just curious and see if it's for you, shoot them. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. That's all right, too. Doesn't have to be. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth Gear. Uh, we normally have a code WCB15 that can save you some money on your purchase but there's a sale going on right now a preseason sale 30% off your entire purchase promo code pre 30 that ends August 27th so this coming Sunday that sale is over um, so if you're in the market one if you use code WCB in our giveaway we're also giving away a $400 early season tarn and hunt package um, but there's all sorts of stuff on here. Check out Heat Boost. There's a Huntworth system builder. You can go through, build a system that works for you. Um, you kind of kind of hear about what we talk about. We also have a vi- YouTube video that talks about our favorite gear from Huntworth. But uh, if you're in the market for new hunting clothes, hats, gear, gloves, packs, even um, just a vet Heat Boost vest to go over a hoodie that you wear all the time, get to HuntworthGear.com. Uh, that sale ends August 27th this coming Sunday. Thirty percent off. So that's the biggest sale of the year, I believe, for Huntworth. And it's right before hunting season. Couldn't be more perfect. Also, Old Barn Taxidermy. Come out and see them this weekend in their booth at Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. They are mounting my eight-pointer right in front of you. Also there with G2 Forms. Uh, that's a brother or sister company, however you want to uh, lay it out, uh, of Old Barn Taxidermy. And they're killing it with that. We have a ton of awesome shoulder mounts done on the G2 Form. Highly encouraged to ask your taxidermist to order some G2 forms. G2, they're, I think they're better than what's available, and they're cheaper. So everybody's saving money, and you're supporting a USA product right there and uh, just outside of Fort Madison, Iowa. Um, literally made right there next to the Old Barn taxidermy, right next to the Old Barn. Shipped out of there as well. So what the hell? That's a win-win for everybody. What the fuck? What else do you want from them? Uh, the podcast also brought to you by... Grizzly coolers, uh, grizzly box blinds, grizzly coolers. Uh, I've got this elk hunt coming up that uh, we get into detail. If you listen to the last uh, DeerCast episode with Austin, uh, we're going to have a grizzly 400 shipped out to Utah just to be optimistic in hopes that we do kill an elk and we don't have to stress out about the meat on the way home. Um, I'm, I really want, if that happens, I hope that happens, we can rent a u-haul and drive it back and put some dry ice in the bottom of that baby but um if you need a 400 cooler 
or if that's too big, they have an option for you if you go into the Drifter series, if you just want a smaller, hard-sided cooler, if you're looking for a box blind, uh, blind chairs, all that stuff, uh, drinkware. We have branded WCB drinkware on our website. You can get your own branded drinkware through Grizzly for your company or your podcast or your YouTube channel or whatever you're doing. They're awesome to work with. Uh, check them out. You can use code WCB for anything on Grizzly's website, and that'll save you a little bit of money. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Blackgate Trail Cameras. I am telling you right now, no matter what trail camera you use, eventually there will be an issue. How your issue gets resolved is almost like the main kicker to trail cams nowadays, especially cell cams. And when you have someone that calls you and speaks English and just handles an issue for you, that is worth so much. Um, they pride themselves on one, not only having great cameras, so you don't have to use their customer service, but also having great customer service. If you do run into an issue, if you have a raccoon snap off your antenna, if you have something crazy happen, they are there to back you up for supporting them in the first place. Goddamn. Is, is that valuable when it comes to spending your money on a camera? And I really think that, uh, that Blackgate kind of shines above the rest with that. We have a code WCB 10, save you some money to get in there. Um, and they also have their own SD cards run alkaline batteries. Don't spend your money on the lithiums with those, uh, run the, the black and like Chrome energizer maxes. That's what I run in mine. I still have my camera running from January. The test camera they sent me from January until now. It's still running on the same set of batteries. That's no bullshit on alkalines, not lithiums. So pretty damn impressed. Pretty damn happy. In the podcast is brought to you by Novix tree stands. The Raider series is out. The Raider series is being shipped. If you're not familiar with what the Raider series is, you know, there's there's always been the Echo and the Hilo since um, Novix kicked off, a USA-made product. They had their hunt-ready systems. Um, basically, you buy a system, it comes with the stand and sticks and everything you need to go to hang and bang, get in there, and be efficient and kill deer. But the Raider series is available now, and it actually ended up lighter than the Echo. Um, it's got more of a mesh-style seat, um, they make footrests for them. Um, they're awesome. They got the Raider climbing sticks, a 20 foot continuous step together stick. So it depends what you need. If you need mobile run and gun, easy to grab, or if you want to get the Raider hang on and leave it up on your farm and keep it there and put a Raider 20 foot climbing stick on it, that option's there too. They also have the ladder stand that's out a premium aluminum American made ladder stand. You don't have to have all the dumb ladder supports. It's made with quality. Um, and you can trust it. So if uh, maybe you're to the point where you want the comfortability of climbing up a ladder and just getting in a ladder stand, but you still want to kind of have that hang-on feel with it, that might be the option for you. Uh, they got some for everyone now in the tree stand game, tree stand game, and you can use code WCB10 to get into a Novix tree stand setup. That's it for these intros. Sorry for the rambling. Want to get you guys into the show. We had a lot of fun on this one. Uh, if you don't listen to the fall podcast, uh, check them out. They're um, our second favorite podcast. And uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, but they're, they're really great dudes. They're doing great stuff over there, uh, thinking outside the box with their own style in the podcast scene, which is really hard to find nowadays. So we got to give a big uh, shout out of respect to the fall podcast on that one. So thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for supporting the fall and our partners. Enjoy the show. Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. 
This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. It's Working Class Bowhunter Podcast episode. No one actually cares. They're here anyway. <laughs> uh, Kurt Geyer speaking. Eric Common. We got our boys from Michigan from the Fall Podcast joining us, the Dark Web. What's up, guys? What's happening? What's up, fellas? Mr. Aaron, Mr. David. That's all, that's all we got tonight. I, I, that's it. That show's over. Let's let's wrap it up. It's good. It's been <laughs> real. Good luck this fall, and uh, good luck, everybody out there. Go shoot your bow. Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> What's up? All right. Later. Boys. It's right. Y'all look like crazy, though. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fast. It'd be easy to listen to. Um, probably be the best hunting podcast really nowadays produced that where there's no fucking bullshit one way or another. Right. Um, what's going on, fellas, over at the fall? Nothing, man. It's, uh, it's, you know, our summer is, hasn't really, we haven't really had much of a summer as far as the heat goes. Like we haven't had, you know, those 90, hundred degree weeks, two weeks on end. It's been pretty, pretty, uh, I'm not complaining by any means. It's been awesome weather. I mean, like right now we're in August in the, the, you know, the evenings, like you could put a hoodie on. It's great. So I was gonna say, on lucky. that front, You're it's lucky. pretty sweet, but you know, other than that, we're just chilling. <laughs> we just got out yeah, of uh, one of them 100 degree weeks yeah we had that two week spell there it was like miserable here yeah but i tell you what though it's you know like aaron just said we're we're here in august and to me that only puts us about a month out from fall technically you know like september one that labor day weekend hits and it's like okay things are changing it's you know go I mean? time. well it's different for me too because I'll be in Nebraska in 28 days. Like September one opener, we're I mean it's going to be hotter than the hinges of Haiti, and <laughs> like like right now we're in August, but like I have to have my September mindset of like I got to get ready for October first. But no, it's a we, it's a month earlier, and that's a different mindset to get over when you don't do it every year. Right. It gives you like that sense of anxiety when someone's like, uh, they don't mean anything bad by it. Someone's like, oh man. Only like forty five more days, and you're just like, shut up! I'm not ready. Yeah, I get it. We're not ready. Are we ever ready though? Well, yeah. You never feel ready. No, I feel no. a little more ready because I have my plots in, and that's always like the big things. It's like you got to take the time to do it, and shit never goes right. Well, and that's the thing. This year, I actually feel kind of ahead of the game. Well, I do too until it comes to like my bow shooting, though. A little bit, yeah, like I'm. I hear I, you. I'll be honest, like I'm slacking there, but uh, I. We don't got to get into me. We're talking about you guys right now. Um, but yeah, so so what you're saying is mild summer, Michigan's going to have the biggest deer that it's ever seen because it's like mild weather. You guys have had some rain. Michigan's going to be like on the map finally, like Rompola Buck nope. 2.0 coming back. 
Things are looking up. I love that you're on the round polo buck. I love <laughs> that you're you've been beating that to death lately. And I grin from ear to ear when you say it all the time. But before we get on the round polo buck, <laughs> okay, we're yes. not gonna have the biggest deer coming out of Michigan this year because, in my opinion, the deer are behind because we had such a long drought in the spring. Dude, I'm, I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. Like, I mean, I've got a couple targets, but I mean, they're nothing like I don't have a gagger yet. Like yeah. I usually have a gagger every year. Where it's like, damn, you know, yep. I don't have a damn buck yet. So let me ask you this um, though. On that, on that note, do you feel like this is something I've noticed more this year than the other year? Cause we had a similar drought stretch there in June. You look at some deer right now, even like, you know, beginning of August and some deer's tines are still bulbed out and their beams are still bulbed out. And then you'll see another deer where he looks like he's like almost fully developed. I just think like, it takes some of them a little bit of time to catch up or maybe it's when they shed is like where they're at or like, I don't know how it works, but I just know some deer look like they have a ton of growing and then other deer look like, Oh yeah, he's about done. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's very deer specific, but man, I'll tell you what, uh, right now, as we sit here, I've only got like one deer that I've been, if season started today and it was like all the bucks are done growing, there's only one that I even think about shooting. You know, and all the bucks that I've been that I can hunt that, you know, that are in somewhat finished out in a way, you know, that actually if you put him on the wall, he'd look like a finished deer. All right. the other ones, man, I'm telling you, like, we better have a good August in <laughs> before shed because, you know, it's not looking promising for me anyway. So yeah. uh, let me let me ask you guys this in the month of August, when they kind of are in that last month of growing. What do you think they're doing more in August? Are they putting more tine length on or are they putting more mass into their into the headgear itself? That's a great question. That is a great question. I wouldn't even know how to question. answer it because I just honestly don't know. And yeah. I don't really have like an assessment. I think that might that might be deer specific. Yeah. It very well could be. I, I've always kind of fell under the camp that I felt like, you know, by the time August hits, for the most part you can see what that frame is going to look like. Yeah. Minus, you can tell what deer like, that like, is if you had them right. previously. Minus, minus what, like, what you guys just hit on, that some of those tines, they'll still look a little bally at the end. But what I see change in August is that thickness come. You know what I mean? Where it's mm -hmm. like, they, yeah, it's still velvet, but like you can see like beginning of August to like two weeks later, 14 days later, where it's like, okay, he's, he's put on some size. He didn't get much taller, but he's really put on some weight on those antlers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'll have to. I'll start paying attention to that. That's a great mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. observation. I so okay. Question back at you boys because uh, it can in Michigan. Can you guys supplemental feed? No. Mm -mm. Well, UP you can up in the UP you can, but where we're at, the whole Lower Peninsula, to my knowledge, the whole Lower Peninsula cannot. So, for my understanding, no also uh, Lower Peninsula and UP, like you guys hate each other, right? That's the thing. No, it, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I made that up. Not, <laughs> I completely but, made that up. But, but, Kurt, always, Kurt with the well, conflict. Oh, always. yeah. Well, what, I think what Kurt's getting at is, so in Michigan, th there is something there, right? Because the, the people in the UP, what they call us trolls down here below the bridge, right? Because mm, we uh, live below the Manitoba bridge, so they're like, all oh, the trolls that live downstate. So that that is a uh, real thing, but I haven't had any problem 
with anyone in the UP, but I will say, you know, when it comes to the UP, if you've never been, that is an entirely different world up there. And and not to get into like a too big of a rabbit hole, yeah. but I'll tell you this, when it comes to whitetails in the UP, there's a, actually a true whitetail migration that happens at the very top of the UP along Lake Superior. Mm -hmm. I'm talking where like you could see upwards of 200 plus whitetails in a day, similar to like a caribou migration yeah really? you know those you know those like natural mm -hmm. geographic videos you see of like the caribou like yeah. huge yeah. migration 100 that, that's what it is up in the up okay yeah. it can it can be like it, it it happens but it's you know i'm sure if you talk to a guy that's like in grand marais or somewhere somewhere way up up on lake superior i'm sure people will see it like the locals but it for someone that's not there every day it's hard to see like it to see it is like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say a once in a lifetime thing, but it's I, I've heard I've never seen I've heard it's pretty damn magical to see it honestly. Okay, and you guys aren't messing with us. This is a real thing. No, no, I, no, hundred percent real. That's serious. Yeah, and when like when you talked when you asked us the question about the supplemental feeding, yeah, the the reason that I believe that the the UP like the deer regulations in the UP are completely different than what we deal with below the bridge so, south of the Mackinac Bridge where the trolls one are. is you know, yeah the trolls where the <laughs> trolls live. Is that they they have to they have to help these deer survive up there and not only you know like we have coyotes they have coyotes plus the wolf population oh. is horrendous in the UP it it is absolutely terrible but a winter up there you go up by Lake Superior the winter up there you know like you can see five hundred plus inches of snow in one winter over a three month span. So even like the restaurants up there, you go to most like like a Paradise. local bar restaurant and those restaurants will even feed the deer. So you could be out, you know, you could be out with your wife for dinner, go get a burger and a beer and you may have 150 whitetails outside the window just, just eating feed, yeah. trying to survive that winter. Wow. Yeah, they'll they'll uh they'll like up in like a paradise or uh Sini, you know, those little towns up there are snowmobile towns. Like we go up there every year to snowmobile because we might not have any snow here in January, February, March, but you go up there they've got 5 feet. So yeah. that's why we always go up there and snowmobile, but like like David was saying, they'll take uh tractors and and trucks with you know plows on them they'll plow out their yard and they'll put out feeders hay bales constantly and people will go to those restaurants to mm -hmm. eat there just to see the deer come up and like david said they yard up like a son of a bitch like it's wow it's crazy it's yeah. like a whole nother it's like another it's just like another it's just different there's nothing like it's that literally, what think about it as like a different state yeah yeah, like, yeah it's a different feel dude i i I love to rip on Michigan because it gets people worked up, and obviously we're kidding. And, but I know I've told you guys this before, like podcast. But the only time I've ever been to Michigan, I puked and I turned around and went home. I'm not kidding; that's a true story. And, and it's just by chance. <laughs> I forgot about that. Story. It's just by chance, but it's real. I swear to God. We were gonna go to Niagara Falls. My wife and I were taking a winter trip and cutting through Michigan, you know. And I got mm -hmm. like the flu or something on the way. Like our first night, we stayed in Michigan. I threw up in the hotel. We turned around and came so back. So you're allergic to Michigan, I guess. But I want to fight the urge. I want to get. I, I want to make a point. We'll go see you guys record. But I want to go see the UP now a little bit. I know it's always interesting so, to me, but I've never been up to the UP before. I've been to Michigan a bunch of times, but not the UP. Well, you need to you need to come out because I mean I know it's hard. Like if I was you know where you guys are from Illinois or Iowa or anything like that. Like the last thing on my radar is to come and hunt Michigan. Like it, mm -hmm. it, to me, it'd be a waste of time. Like it really would be, um, you know. But 
if you guys ever want to come turkey hunting, you, the the like David and I have a ton of turkey properties that we can just go and have like a good shoot for you know four or five days and just live it up. But if you want to see it in the fall, I'm going to tell you this: around our house, it's beautiful. You go an hour north of my house, Gaylord area, in early October, it will be the most beautiful trees, wildlife. Like, it's the most beautiful thing you've seen. Well, yeah, not only is the scenery going to be nice, but you go up and, like you said, just an hour, an hour and a half north of where Aaron's at, not only are the, the, the leaf colors are going to be nice, but if you go, like, say, in early October, you're going to hear elk bugling up there. Like the, mm-hmm. Really? The, the, elk, the elk population in pockets of Michigan is, it's, I mean, it, it's, I, it's leaps and bounds so, above average. I mean, you're talking, for us residents of Michigan, if, we were, if I was to draw a bull elk tag, which I've, I've put in my entire life. I've, I've never drawn, most likely. I never will. But I didn't if even I know do, it was a thing. I didn't either. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a once-in-a-lifetime tag in Michigan because the reality is if you do draw that bull elk tag in Michigan, you are going to shoot like a, a very high-end trophy class animal, yeah. very high-end. And then even on top of the elk, a couple years ago, I would say within the last 10 to 12 years, I can remember them talking about it. In the UP, they don't actually have elk, but we actually have moose up in the UP. But they almost they almost opened a season on them, but the wolves are just, they're playing such a factor up there, and they they just couldn't, they, they were only going to do like a handful of tags, moose tags in, in the UP, but the moose are just, they're just killing us up there, you know. It's mm-hmm. not the wolves to, not are to, killing us. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's not to get into it, but it's like, you know, you, you get the you get the people that live in Detroit voting on how to take care of the wolves in the UP. It's like it's people like, in Jackson Hole and Wyoming voting on the whole fucking state. It's like yeah. it's like Illinois yeah. and Chicago. Yeah, it's like Illinois and Chicago. Yeah, it's the same shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, for instance, back what David was saying last year, we went up uh, to north, you know, hour and a half north of my house, and we hunted some public land. And you get up in the morning and you go out to your tree and you're sitting in a tree and you'll hear bugles ripping all over. That's crazy. Like just, and you'll look behind you, and here comes a big six by six. It's it's wild. In Michigan. Yeah. Dude, What's I never, that? I never in Michigan. Thought. I didn't. I didn't know that. In Michigan. I guess yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that Michigan had elk. Yep. I didn't either. Yep. We, There's like a thousand head. I think the I think the population around a thousand. I think. I it? I can't speak on the population. I don't know what the population is, but I I know I know I personally know a guy that guides up there in elk country and that that's kind of the thing in michigan like if you draw that elk tag you you spend the money on a guide because they're really they call it like you know in in uh far, like farm country ground or club country up there in northern michigan where they're they're big clubs that own you know big tracts of land where you just kind of you, you pay for that guide because like i said it, it's a once in a lifetime tag but I'm not kidding you. I tell you what, you want to go somewhere cool in Michigan. If you time it up right, they do two elk hunts up there. And I think one is in September and the other one's in December. And the, the December one is so cool. So if you if you look up Atlanta, Michigan, it's the elk capital here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And like most of us in the Midwest and where I come from and where Aaron comes from, we have buck poles, you know, for opening day of gun season. But up in Atlanta, Michigan, they actually have a true elk pole. It's all out of like, you know, right steel, in the middle of the town, steel too. beams. And in December, when they have that hunt, the whole town's kind of lit up with Christmas lights, and they'll have 
they'll have six or eight bowls, you know, that'll be 300 inches plus just hanging there where it's like the pictures are just amazing. But it's, it's like a, in this, this elk capital guys, you got a post office, a library, a gas station and a bar, just real small town. Small but it's, town. it's the wow. elk capital of Michigan, man. It's something special up there. Think about it. Like where you guys have the studio, that little town, it's, it's an Illinois town tried and true. But think about there being like an elk pole right in the middle, like the times, like yeah, the right town in our square. town square, right here up my yep. window, yeah, R- literally right there by the bar. Like that's where it would be. Yep, that is so awesome. So what you're saying is like when people shoot these elks, they can go put them on the pole. Yep, I think it's encouraged. I think you have. I yeah. don't think you have to, but it's almost like almost so- like an unwritten. It's almost like an unwritten rule, like every, like the whole town and in P- towns around it come and congregate to see the elk because I mean that's where they come to see like people that don't elk hunt and know that they just come there to see them. And yeah, that's right. dude. It's crazy. They got like these big floodlights and everything and they light up the yeah. whole town. It's wild. It's kind of like yeah. old Illinois it's, deer check-in days. Like you used to, vi- used to physically have to go to a check-in station and then like guys yep. would hang out and just talk deer. So yeah. Like something, something, I mean, that's cool. They, they take it so serious, you know, we're, you know, like we've all kind of ripped on Michigan about the white tails of this and that, maybe the DNR or whatever the case may be when it comes to elk hunting, Let's let's just say Eric comes up is up there in Michigan and shoots an elk. He physically cannot even touch that animal until a DNR officer is on site and studies everything about it. They want to re- they want to do the entire track job with you. Like you can't you can't even touch that thing before a DNR officer is can there. Can you even like they, pers- can you pursue it like follow a blood trail at all, or do they have so, to be there for that? So from what I understand is. So you can follow a, I believe you can follow a blood trail, but one of the wildest things I've ever heard about the the whole elk hunting type of thing is let's just say you shoot an elk and you're struggling with blood and you have to call a DNR officer and he's going to come out there with you and he gets to decide whether if he believes that elk died, but you guys never find it, your elk tag is no good after that. They oh, like wow. confiscate mm. your tag. Yeah. They mm. it is it's I've never seen anything in Michigan that they keep such a tight grip. Let's put on. it this way. If they put that much effort into our deer, we'd probably have <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and bitch on Michigan deer hunting because I'm not I when you guys bitch or not bitch, but when you guys bring it up and you have other Michigan people on, I just grin ear to ear like you guys like to me, I got a hot take, and Kurt, you and I've talked about it a little bit. I got a hot take on the whole people that deer, you know, shit on Michigan deer hunting and from Michigan. So it's fifty percent. Well, it's fifty. I mean, let's hear it, dude. It's it's probably. I mean, I'm ballparking here, but I bet you it's fifty percent of the Michiganers that we have a lot of Michiganers and Wisconsinites that come on, and uh, I don't recently a lot, but uh, this year anyway, I'd say fifty percent of the people from Michigan that we have on the show uh, hate it. Or rip on it. And then, I mean, they don't hate it, but they got some negative uh, leaning words to say. Yeah. yeah but that can be that. that can be every state. I mean, we have negative shit to say about Iowa and Illinois. Of course. And of course. Else. But Michigan, I think we put more of an emphasis because Michigan guys are the first dudes to comment, come to Michigan and fucking try that shit. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and also everybody thinks where they hunt is the hardest. But um, it's just when you say Michigan – for some reason, people perk up about up. it. And yeah, like mm-hmm. it's just, oh, listeners, I know you hate Michigan, but I'm like, oh, I don't hate Michigan. I don't actually know. I, I, I puked there once. That's all I've got with Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, like we're, I, ki- we're I kidding. Think, 
Yeah. I think, you know, rightfully so, I think Michigan's put a lot of that attention on itself. But when it comes to the hunting whitetails in Michigan, in my opinion, it's all about what you really want to put into it. 100%. And th- that is where I see the uh, the hard line drawn with the guys that complain a lot to the guys that maybe have some good success. You know, it's it's truly what you want to put into it. But you could take the word Michigan out of it, and I think that holds for anywhere you go. You know, oh, like, 100%. Yeah, some, some places may be a little bit better target-rich environment. Sure, there's places out there like that. Yeah. But it's still, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, that is a 100% true here in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you guys just had Tyler and Nick and Isaiah on from the rise. Yeah, great dudes. And Tyler and Nick and like I'm really good friends with those guys and I'm good friends with Isaiah as well. But they are the perfect example if you know them personally and have been to their farms. They are the perfect example of what they said on that. Like Tyler was kind of against Michigan. Not against it, but he was like he has some you know not so good things to say about it, but yeah. if you go to Tyler's farms his farms aren't the greatest. Like he has a lot of pressure around his farms. Now you go to Nick's Nick should have a 140 on his farm every year. Like, and he's going to get on it. You know, it's just, it's just different. It's, it's all case by case basis. And if you're going to sit there and bitch and complain about it, then do something about it. Right. If you want, if you want to kill bigger or better deer, maybe a higher age class, then maybe go get a lease somewhere in Michigan or not shit on it first and maybe go out of state somewhere and try something different. You have to pivot. Like, you know, the thing is, is I never ever thought I'd shoot 140 inch deer in Michigan. And then, you know, last year I had the opportunity and, you know, was able to do that. But like, I'm still good with shooting the top 10% of my bucks. And that is like 115 to 120 inch deer. Yeah. Because I know that my, I know that is what my area is. That's a that's a that's a good deer. I'm not gonna shit on it. And if I wanted to one day be like, well, man, they just don't excite me anymore. Then I got to do something about it. That's and right. So then you're moving. About it, they're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that's a great point, and I 1,000 percent agree with you. And that's anywhere you're at, um, you know. But okay, let me add this. I want to I want to get you guys' take on this perspective. I don't really know how to word it, but. Okay, you guys live in Michigan. You talk, you know, if you want to shoot a different deer, you got to pivot. You got to make some moves, whatever. I feel like on the internet and podcasts and YouTube channels and social posts and whatever, there's a lot of, uh, well, if I lived in Iowa, I'd kill a 170 every year too, which we know that's hard when you live here even. Or if I lived in Illinois, I'd kill 170s every year too, but I don't. So I don't. It's it, like that. I think that take gets pretty annoying because if you live here, you understand. Yes, it's possible, probably more so than Michigan or, uh, or wherever Pennsylvania or Kentucky or Tennessee or, you know, just go on and on. But Aaron, you've hunted all over. Dave, I don't know how, where you've hunted, but, you know, I'm sure you've hunted outside of Michigan, but I know Aaron's killed some great deer in other States. What's your take when you hear that? Because you get to see both sides of that. Man, it's all it's all relative. It's all to first of all, you got to figure out what you want to get out of it. But I'm not going to Iowa, Illinois, thinking like I'm going to shoot the like I'm going to shoot the next world record or get a 160 or hell even a 150. Like my whole thing is, and Kurt and and Eric, you guys have grown up in two of the best 
most sought after whitetail states ever, mm-hmm. ever. Illinois was the mecca before Iowa. Like Illinois is what you know the Golden Triangle, and for sure, and that was Iowa before Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so, real quick for you, we know that. Just so you know, we know we know how fortunate we are. Right, exactly. And I'm not saying you you guys, you know, didn't you know you're not putting. I'm trying to make a point here. It is like you guys have both killed some great deer, but you don't kill great deer like you know on command. <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? It's like the thing is, okay, it, the way the best way I can try to describe it is you got brackets, okay? You know, not Chris brackets, but you got brackets. <laughs> and, um, you know, so you add two so, more brackets for that. For- <laughs> so, you know, for, for me in Michigan, I'm looking for, you know, if I can kill a 120 or better, I, I that is awesome for me. For you guys, Kurt, if you can kill, what size deer do you want to kill in, in Illinois? Well, it, it, that, you know, what are you, what's your number at? Like what am like this fall? What am I like shooting for? Well, going into whatever falls at like a one forty, like you're trying to strive for at least like a one forty or like a you know you it's probably a four or five year old something like that. Yeah, mature, mature and looks cool. But like if you're yep. if we're going just just inches for the sake of this conversation, yeah, like one forty or better. Um, okay, if he's that's, mature, that's the scale I use, and that's the scale I use is usually it's doubled from what we're coming from, like. So when I go out of state, I'm looking for a 140 or better. Like that is that is my goal. Now the anomaly is when we go down to Kansas this year, if a six or five, six or seven year old 125 inch eight pointer comes by and you know he's old and he's burly and stuff like that, dude's getting an arrow. For sure. He's just you know, he's just getting a cool you know, he's getting an arrow because he's cool. Yeah. But my whole thing is like when I went to Iowa and and killed the Hambino. Dude, I was going to shoot the first 140 that came by, and I tried. I tried. And you know what? I failed three times. He picked me drawing three times. I had other deer that were within 10. I had two other deer, one that was in the low 170s at 10 yards twice, and I couldn't get an arrow off. Like, it's the thing is, is yes, the deer might be bigger. But I have that opportunity on on 120s and 130s here in Michigan too. So it's all the scale, the bracket. Yeah. Like, where's your bracket at? Like, our 130s and 140s for me, I'm speaking for me, are the 160s and 70s in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's just if that makes sense, it's it just it yeah, shifts 100%. a little bit. No, it makes you know? perfect and sense. So I don't know that that might have been a. Wait, long well, I, I mean, I think I think what you're it, saying, but. like a 130, 140 for you guys is hard to kill there. It's the same way in Iowa. 150, 170 here is hard to kill. You know how many 170s I've killed in Illinois? You know how many 170s I've zero. seen? I've killed, well, I've killed zero 170s. Zero. Gross 170s, right? Yeah. Yeah, zero. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the point I was getting at. You guys have lived there and cut your teeth, and if... If there's anybody out there, you know, especially the guys on your team, Ross, Austin, Doug, Eric, Kurt, you guys work your asses off. And I know that because I know you guys personally. Mm -hmm. I talk to you guys quite a bit. You guys work your asses off. And for you to come out with really good deer, but like Kurt, you just said you've never killed a gross 170. Yep. That's not because you're not patient. It's just because they're not that easy to kill. They're not. Well, that and the, you, and really the the true chances I've had to pursue a one seventy inch buck, maybe twice in twenty one years I've had a real chance. 
And those two opportunities have been one was last year, and I actually opted to kill a 150 on my own farm versus that a bigger buck that I pursued. I could have went after and was on on a different farm. And uh, the other time was a few years ago and he vanished. Shame um, on you for killing that 150. <laughs> and I've had the opportunity at 170s the last couple of years. He just wasn't living on my farm. Like there's nothing. Yeah. So nothing that, I could do about but it. But I just always see like the outsider perspective because it, it's easy to say it, right? It's mm -hmm. easy to say that if you don't live there. Like I can be like, it'd be like me going, same thing, like the point you're making, Aaron. Let's double down on that a little bit. Michigan, oh, you're killing 120s. You, oh, yeah, one I could kill a 120 in Michigan. Well, clearly not where you're at, Aaron, like because you know Michigan, you're a good hunter, obviously. I would struggle my ass off to probably kill that type of buck where you're at. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here. Okay. So I've been hunting since I was twelve. I'm thirty-six now, so twenty-two years or something like that. I can't somewhere around there. Um it's taken me twenty-one years to kill a hundred and thirty inch buck in Michigan. Okay, mm -hmm. and I and I and and uh, you know, he's a one forty as well, but I'm just saying I've never killed another one thirty in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Now I have a really good friend that I'm not gonna say his name. He has literally, David's met him. David's seen the deer that he's killed, knows him. He has some of the best ground I've ever seen. Like, it doesn't matter where, what state you go to. And the thing is, is their, their camp, their camp, they can pass up the four-year-olds and shoot the five-year-olds, and they do, and they do it. But it's taken him almost as long as me to kill a 130 in Michigan. And we you got to remember, we can hunt with rifles. Like we can hunt, we can poke deer at 500, 600 yards away. Yeah. Like he hasn't nice. even killed one with a gun yet. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. Got to do it. Uh, hey, the podcast is also brought to you by Big Time. Uh, fall plots should be in by now or you're thinking about it. Um, thank you for supporting our BYOB blends. I know those are Either they must be gone by now. But if you want to get anything else on big time, supplemental feed, food plot seed, anything like that, if you plan on doing any frost seeding or anything, get prepared. Uh, you can use code WCB2023 on that. Uh, also brought to you by Loophold Optics. Uh, we are running Loophold everything, Loophold Performance Eyewear, all that. Uh, the new Refuge, I'm rocking new Refuge Dark Gray. Um, performance eyewear which is on sale right now 94.99 if you go in real time on loophole.com so pretty cheap for a premium uh sunglass sunglasses sunglass i don't know how that works but they have all sorts of new stuff range finding binoculars out now uh their gear is awesome rifle scopes of course spotters of course uh check out loophole optics uh running 10 by 42s here in the midwest that's a common question what do we normally run that's what we do 10 10 by 42s I think I, I do have 12 by 50s I run from time to time. Um, and I honestly, I run that same set out west as well um, with a spotter, paired with a spotter. So check out Loophold. Great people, great company. Um, really proud to be working with them. Premium brand when you think Loophold, anything. Also, another premium brand is Trophy Line. Uh, whether you're into a complete saddle kit, you just want to buy it one and done, everything you need, Trophy Line has that for you. Uh, whatever level, whatever platform, whatever features you're looking for from the mission to the EDP to the Onyx to the Wingman uh, to packs, the K's pack, uh, carry all your shit. That's one of my favorite packs. Um, you go to trophyline.com, 
they have everything for you. They have videos showing everything and explaining all that through their YouTube channel as well. But check out Trophy Line. Get what you need. Try the saddle hunting game out. Don't have to be your only way, but it can just be another tool for the arsenal if you check out my article on the latest uh, Saddle Hunter mag that came out. Um, code WCB2310 at Trophy Line. Get yourself in there. And Camel Fire. Camel Fire, as Doug would say, if he was here, he'd be like, delete your browser history because you don't want your wife or girlfriend knowing where you're spending all your money. Um, and right now, uh, in on Camel Fire, if you go there, like right this second, these deals have expired and new deals have loaded. They have boots and footwear and rubber boots like that um, up to 50% off that I'm seeing now, and it will expire and new deals will come in. Uh, we also have tree stands and tree stand accessories and rechargeable battery packs, anything you'll need during the hunting season from out west to the Midwest and so on. Um, build up your your arsenal, your gear bag for your hunting trips and stuff like that. You can really do it with Camo Fire by saving money and kind of building it up over time. So check out CamoFire.com. They also have an app, um, revolving deals all the time there. And the podcast is also brought to you by Dialed Archery. Dialed has the new Arxos series of sites, um, tons of customization, colors, anything you can do. I think the best-looking site in the game, American-made. Um, they're also offering small batch series dials where you can get custom graphics and switch out that dial and change up. You can really change up your dial every year, every season to kind of just mix it up or have your own personal customization. Um, they also have their own sight tape builders um, and all that. You can switch out yardage rings, tons of customization. You can run your yardage ring on the inside or outside, depending on what you order from dialed. Um, but yeah. They got it all. The dialed tape kit is what you can do there, and I plan on doing that for my next tape. I'll be putting on my arrow that just got set up. Check out Dialed Archer. We have a free shipping code, and that is uh, working class, all caps. Get free shipping on your purchase at dialedarchery.com. You know what I mean? Or He right. did uh, two years ago, but I'm just saying, like a, the, a dude that I would put his property up against, uh, you know, relatively speaking, Mm-hmm. I would put his property up against like uh you know any of your farms you know Eric and Doug and and Austin yeah it's relative it's not like he's gonna like just kill the next you know double dropper <clears throat> right. but relatively speaking he could kill a 40s or 50s deer almost every year he's got them mm-hmm. it, and it just doesn't happen because there's there's always variables you know what I mean of course yeah. it's just not that easy yeah and here's when a- I when I hear when I hear people make that <clears throat> comment Kurt about the well, you can't do this in Michigan or Pennsylvania or whatever it is, you know, to me, it's like, it, it always falls down to like, well, how bad do you, do you want that then? Because if, if you want to say kill a deer, because you've seen someone in Ohio kill a deer like that, and if you can't find one in your home state, then do what it takes to go travel and go hunt a deer like that. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If you got a cell phone and, and you're commenting on something like that, you probably have a vehicle too. You know what I mean? You can get your ass in a car and go travel down the highway. And yeah. if you truly believe that you can't find a deer that you'd be happy with in your home state, dude, there's plenty of places you go buy a tag over the counter and you can go, ha- you can go try it. You can yeah. go have, oh, you know, 100%. try your best at it. But go it seems it. like those people making that comment too, they're the guys that's like, oh, I got to go to Illinois and pay pay $500 for a tag. I ain't doing that. Well, they're, they're going to hate no matter what, but, yeah. but all this goes they're not back. making the effort. One of the, 
I mean, in the first handful of episodes, we had Austin Chandler on. We made a T-shirt after. You know, he said, "You know, you can't, you can't just trip into a 150. It's going to take a little bit of effort." Yep. You know, and yep. effort is what you need to put into hunting in general, um, especially if you mm-hmm. want to hunt a smaller percentage of what it makes up the deer herd. And you know, like you know, to your point again, I'm tired. This is probably the last time I'm going to say this point because I've been saying it a lot lately, because this is kind of like reoccurring conversations. Like if I want to kill a giant elk, I'm not going to do it in Illinois. I got to go West to kill a giant elk. (laughs) And and if you want to kill a 190 whitetail, your highest odds of success are going where more 190 inch whitetails come out of than yeah. What? Shit, if I want to kill a giant elk, I'm going to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, if you can draw a tag, bro. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Dave and I talk this talk about this on the daily, okay? You know, there's there's so many variables that go into hunting, and us as hunters, we always overthink things. We always overthink things. But we have something amongst us, too, that we, like, David even asked me this question the other day. He asked me a question. I'm, I really can't remember how it was, but... um we always go back to a couple different phrases and the number one is, um, uh, Oh crap. No, I lost it. That's, that's bad. That's what was bad. It? What was it about? No, we were talking about, Oh, the numbers game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, we're, you know, you got so many deer to, like shooter bucks that you'd go after and everything. And it's like, you have this, let's say it's your upper echelon. It could be your 1% buck. Well, however big that is, let's say he's 140, 150, somewhere in there. And you might only get one sighting of them. And you and you're just you're just striving to kill that deer, and you're like trying to get on him, and maybe you just don't. Maybe you have boundaries. Maybe it's private land. You can't. You know, you, you only can hunt what you can hunt. You got it. It comes back to a numbers game. Okay, let's say you have six deer that you can hunt, or five deer, four deer, but maybe your number three buck is the one that's showing up all the time, and you've already told yourself you'd kill that deer, but he's the one that is so tried and true. It's a numbers game. Go with the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know. Go with, yeah, he's the one that I can get on the most of. Why beat your head against the wall hoping, you know, eh, you know, you can you can hope all you want. You can shit in one hand and, you and know. on the other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see which one fills up first. That's and, right. Um, my whole thing is it's just a numbers thing. It's like you've got all these different variables and try not to overthink about it or think of it. Just, just go for what has given you the best hand. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like two and two, uh, you know, how's it go? A bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Like, just just go with the numbers. For yeah. sure. It's a good point. It's a real good point. It's, um, man, the mental game of hunting fucks people up more huh. than deer will fuck people up. And and big deer make people mental real fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, deer in general make people mental. But then there's also, like, this weird add in of the social media factor that adds to the mental game if you let it and it affects a lot of people it affects more it's a necessary evil for us because we have outdoor brand media companies but there's a lot of people that think they have an outdoor brand uh when it's just them and they allow it's mostly like the adult onset type people i think they get fucked up by socials the most Uh, why do i hate that term but uh, and I hate that whole vibe. If you want to know the truth, but uh, maybe we can unpack that on your episode. But um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's fun, right? It's fun to think about the it, hunting. Wouldn't be as addicting if there wasn't like the mental 
uh, chess game with yourself, right? Yes. You now, need, Kurt, you need let me, it. Let me ask. What's that? You need it. You need that a little. Well, oh, we're, you do. We're, we're humans. I don't care if you're basket weaving or knitting hats. I don't care. There's going to be a competitive edge. I don't care if you're the least competitive person in the world. When I'm going to skip rocks against my six-year-old daughter, I'm going to try to get more more skips than she yeah, You're going to fuck her up. It's just, it's, you got to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, hey, 13 skips over two is pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Do um, better, you know? Yeah. My whole thing is, though, is like, I was going to ask you guys a question. Because I think it's a maturity thing. Like, if I go back 10 years when I was 25, 26 years old, you know, and I look at the deer I was killing at the time and the people all around me that, you know, there was my buddies that had better property than me, and I didn't really get that at the moment. I didn't get that, like, you know, every track of land, whether they're buttoned up to each other, they need to be treated differently. You know, they all need to be treated differently. And I didn't get that. And it was always like... I was the guy when I was 25 in our deer camp when somebody shot a year and a half old eight pointer on opening more opening day of rifle season over a bait pile. I was like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we shooting that deer right now? But then I look at, I had to, you know, it took some years to in maturity to figure out like, man, you really just don't know what that guy's going through. You know, he, him and his wife could have a terrible relationship at home and this is his getaway. And that is his one positive moment. You know, that he could have a deer camp with the boys. He could be terminally ill. It could be anything. You know, I, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying it's a maturity thing. So my question to you guys, did you go through that? Is that a thing that everybody goes through, you know, uh, at a certain point? Or, you know, is it is it a is a stepladder? Do you have to make those rungs to finally get to the point where you're like, you know, this is it is what it is. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Is, is that something you guys went through? I'm a little confused on your question, to be honest, but I think yeah, I, I probably didn't say it right. <laughs> I, I think I get what you're saying. Like, are you saying like you're ju- judging people for what they shoot type of thing? Yeah. So, like, you know, the whole mindset behind hunting and is I think is kind of boils down to like a maturity thing, you know, because yeah. like you said, the adult onset thing. Um, I think an adult that comes into something maybe 30, 40 years old, they're just naive to it. They just don't really know what's going on. So they're going to be open-minded yeah. to a lot of stuff. Well, but when you've, when you've been brought up into it since you were 12 years old, dude, when you're 12 to 25, 26, 27, you're a little jackass. Like you're oh, the person 100%. that's like, you're a little cocky motherfucker. That's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, sh- I, I need to be shooting those deer. Why are you shooting those deer? Why is our neighbor shooting that deer? So the mindset around it, did you guys go through those growing pains as well? I th- yeah, of course. Yeah, I think so for sure. And probably at different stages. And I think yeah. it's like in hunting in general, I think it's like how much you hunted at what age, at what exposure to what area and who you were with probably adds into that. Um, by yeah. the way, the adult onset thing. There's two. I think there's two categories of them, and we'll, we can get into that yep, later. I, I, I want to hear them. Do you want to talk about it on your episode? Because we're going to do your show right after this. So th- we can do that. Okay. Let's te- let's let's just tease <laughs> it there. Is just grinning over here. He's just got like six in the chamber, just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but no, I I get what you're saying, man. Like I looked it back on some of my old social posts from hunting. And I'm like, that's a fucking idiot. But oh yeah, for sure. But you're trying to figure it out. It's all growing pains. I mean, no matter what you're doing. Like oh, I grew up different hunting than you did. Like we grew up pushing deer, you know, deer drives and everything else. So like, if it's brown, it's down. That was our mentality. But and we did that a little, but not like we did it like that was time. our thing every year. 
but that's how I grew up hunting. So like, it didn't matter if the deer had two points or thirty points. Like, it didn't fucking didn't matter. So I didn't know any yeah. better. Right. I'm used to. I grew up with some gangsters, like big buck killer type, very advanced bow hunting guys. I did, and so I always felt like I wasn't doing enough. Like I wanted to shoot those smaller deer growing up, and like I was working my way to where I want like maturity and and deer age and size and all that and uh i don't know i'm sure it was good for me but uh like okay, I, I got a question i'm gonna cut you off because yeah. you just said something there that like you wanted to shoot those smaller deer but was it like a mindset because of how you were brought up with the group you were brought up with that that was a no-no no no i um i worded that wrong when i meant smaller deer i meant at the time would have been my biggest deer so okay. my first buck is on here. He's like a 90 inch buck or something. I don't know. And then my next buck I shot. Now I did that. My first buck with the bow, I passed here and passed here and I killed like a mid one twenty, like just, just under Pope and young. Cause he's got a broken three. I'm looking at him right here um, with my bow. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I killed like a good rackable buck, you know, with my bow. And then, uh, tried to like maintain that climb. Um, it, it, not not only I didn't feel the pr I I didn't feel the pressure from them. I wanted to do that. You know what I mean? Like to me, antlers are interesting, and bigger antlers are more interesting. So I always had that in me. I never felt pressure. Oh, I want to shoot them, but I can't because I'm gonna get made fun of by all the older guys in camp. That that. But those older guys were shooting them caliber of deer, and you want to be like the older guys. It's what made me interested in being an efficient big buck killer, yep. like. These dudes, these yep. two dudes in particular, were hardcore bow hunters, and I remember them. They're they're not being serious. I want to clarify. They're riffing me when firearm season started. Like, oh, you guys are cheating, you know? And I'm 13. It's <laughs> right. like, oh, you're, oh, you're you're gonna cheat this weekend, Kurt? I'm like, fuck. I guess I am. Huh? I guess like, so. You know? I guess I am. <laughs> but as you got your gun like shouldered, yeah. I guess I'm going out to cheat. Yeah, I'm actually, I might no. get on my way right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but what? Real I'd, quick, I'll tell you. Real quick, Dave. I just remember coming back and seeing them guys with giant bucks in like late October, and I'm like, how the fuck are these guys doing this? We're hunting the same place. So that that was appealing, you know. Yeah. And I tell you what, it's like growing up like that was a lot opposite of how I grew up, you know, and, but a point I <laughs> want about cheating, <laughs> I, I, a, a point I think is I would be great to hit on right here is that I, I actually use a little bit of what we've been talking about to my advantage still today. Um, growing up, it was just about you know, like just shooting a buck in any buck or like how you talked about or people hunt over bait piles or people don't, they don't care about, you know, growing bigger deer or shooting bigger deer. I still see that a lot where I come from, oh, yeah. but I, I play off of that. Right. And sometimes I feel like maybe that's a little bit of the difference because some of those, a lot of people where I come from, and there's nothing wrong with that because if that's what makes them happy, Hey, I'm all, I'm all for that. Yeah. You can't be mad about it. Right. I'm not mad about it at all, but I, I kind of use that. I play off of that. I use that to my advantage if I can, you know, and I think that that can be done also, you know, where. And what advantage? About, I'm confused. How are you using it to your advantage? Well, <laughs> I, I think about some of the, some of the, uh, so I don't, I don't hunt any properties that I have say sole permission to 
right? Eric. And some of these some Ground of these water. properties Thank you. some of these properties that I hunt have multiple could be up to a dozen guys hunting them and i look back at then the year of how they did and and maybe how i did and, I, and year after year and i think well what's the difference like what i don't i don't get it you know like and sometimes they don't get it either right because they want to say well i want to i want to shoot deer like that but they're still just stuck in their ways of kind of how they grew up. They can't get out of the rut that how they, yeah. their mentality from when they were younger. They can't get, they, they see what they want, but they can't get out of it. Yeah. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and so like, I, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't mind hunting places that have a lot of guys hunting it that are still under that old mentality because I, I know I can do things a little bit different than say what they're doing. You know, even myself here in Michigan, you know, I, that, that, that flip never got switched until I completely changed hunting from what, how I was hunting when I was a kid per se. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Does that, does that yeah. help at all, Kurt? Yeah, I think it does. Um, to that point, I've said this about like states like Michigan and even like parts of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. it changed your guys' state changed drastically when that, um, hardwired mindset changes for like quality deer management you know like yep. um everyone wants to scream fuck michigan or you know or if i lived in illinois mm -hmm. but they still operate on the mindset of what you just said they go and they kill the first thing made out of meat they see and then it's it. just here we are this revolving door and nothing changes but where people don't realize it's like all the old timers in our generation that have instilled this long north woods shoot it put it over the bed of the truck on the line them up on the buck pole boys that's a uh, that's beautiful amazing hunting culture but if mm -hmm. we really want to do QDMA in states like Michigan and nor like northern Wisconsin and where, just wherever it changes with the mindset of the current generation to instill that in future generation of this is how we operate it's better for deer and apparently yeah. it makes people happier. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I tell you, Kurt, in, in, I, I, this is, this is an exact so. example that years ago, a do, you know, a dozen years ago when I decided that, okay, I want to, I want to start shooting the biggest bucks I can find in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I can remember those first couple of years, like I said, I'm always hunting properties that have other guys. And I used to get so pissed about the guys that would just shoot the, the first two bucks they could because they were always small. I used to get so mad. Yeah. And when I started realizing that, okay, if they just shoot their first two bucks and get out of here, I, I'll shoot that bigger one later in the season. Mm. And that, that, like, that, is, that is the exact scenario that you just talked about where like, I was mad at them for shooting the small bucks. But then I once I realized, I'm like, well... They're just gonna they're gonna do what they want to do. They're gonna shoot their small box and then they're done. Because once they fill their two tags, hopefully legally they're done. But once they fill those two tags, I don't have to deal with that human no more. That's one less guy on this property. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, I get that point of view for sure. Yeah, that's definitely good. Yeah. I see it more as a, uh, and I'm sure you do too. I'm not saying that you don't see it this way. Of course, you you're gonna think about this. A quality deer management and con uh, conservation standpoint of like, man, you just killed deer that didn't get to live out their life. There's less meat on them. If you killed them four years later, 
Um, you know, it gets into that conversation, which I, I, you know, we this comes up a lot lately, and I feel like it's good to bring it up because there's got to be some sort of shift in mindset when we bring it up, and I think it's better for uh, people. I think it's better for deer, but it's like that small buck enabling culture. You know, it's like just it's you know fill your tag to fill it. They taste better. They taste. It's like you know <laughs> at a point, it's like at what I, I'm to the stage where I'm just like fuck that. Shut yeah. up. Hey, a little bit. Hey, 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 Kurt. The the Indians never sketched small bucks on stones back in the day. Put it that way. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and for the record, That's a good fact that that doesn't make me mad. Like I'm not like losing energy over being mad about yeah. that situation. You know what I mean? Yes, you are. Uh, I'm not. I don't. Yes, you I are. don't actually care because. It just doesn't really affect me that much. But for from a hunting culture standpoint, we have to talk about it. And I think it's oh, interesting conversation. Um, yeah. You know, but it's I, like I've heard you. T- I've heard you talk about that, Kurt. And, and when I listen to you talk about it, as much as maybe you feel like it comes off wrong, when I listen to that conversation, like I to me, you're just thinking about the future. And I, yes. I think a lot of thinking about the future comes with, I know you got two young kids now. Yes. I've got two. We all, everyone on this podcast today has kids. Yep. And I think that that starts art, that mindset that you are, that you are thinking and feeling is becoming more heavy because you, you know, you own a piece of ground now you have young children where like you, you have to ask yourself, what is that going to look like when it's their turn? Right. And, and what, you want them yep. to be able to experience what you experience if they if they choose that path. And yep. so I, I don't think I don't think that you thinking or openly talking about that is bad at all. You know, it just. Yeah, it, it's it, I think it's naturally that that's what happens when you have kids. Right. Well, I appreciate yeah. you saying that because it does feel like I have a negative undertone when I say it, because I because I know people don't want it. Not all people want to hear it. I know mm-hmm. there's probably 50% of the people that hear me say it and they're like, I get it. I'm with you. And the other 50 are like, fuck him. It's my tag. You know, like, and it, it is your tag and, and fill yeah. it how, fill it. What, what makes you happy, but don't do it without thinking about some things. So uh, we're going to go down this rabbit hole, boys. We're, we're going to go Let's down do it, it because should I pee real quick. <laughs> go, yeah. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, hold the fort down. Go we ahead. got, uh, I personally, see and i don't want to get too personal because they'll probably listen to this and i just don't want to <laughs> i don't want to have any villains at at this moment but i personally see you know year in and year out i see guys shooting the same caliber buck and it's usually in rifle season around me okay so it's like for 13 years running a guy has shot you know the first 105 or 110 inch buck that comes out opening day. Yep. Which is fine. They are super jacked. They're going to get just as pickled at, you know, at deer camp. Like they're having fun playing cards. The whole deer camp thing is, is, is cool. But I look at it and, you know, I just say it to myself, but I'm like, what does, uh, like, like I, in my head, I'm just like, what, like, what doesn't he want to try something different? Like he's got 13 of them on the wall. He mounts every one of them, you know, and they're just like all those prototypical eight pointers, but it's like, doesn't he want something better? But then I look at like how old the guy is, you know, and he's, you know, he's in his 
60s going into his 70s. And it's like, maybe like I didn't see him when he was a younger guy. Like I didn't see him in his 20s and 30s. I know he didn't kill anything like that because I know I've known him my whole life. So right. it's like, is is him, is this him making up for lost time? You know, and he'll never travel. You know what I mean? He's going to hunt the same farm. He's going to hunt the same blind, do the same thing every year and every get year. the same result. And he's good, he's good with that. So my whole thing is I look at that and I'm like, on one hand, that's pretty neat. But on the other hand, it's like, man, like he just wants to kill his buck. You know, he just, he just wants to kill his buck. And so I guess my whole point is like, I, I agree with you, Kurt. Like I agree with the longevity of hunting and the longevity of, of, you know, I don't know what you're called, small buck enabling or something like that or, or anything like that. Like, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's like very case by case basis. Like, oh, it is. For it's, sure. it's, it's, it's person is person to person. Does my term? Yeah, sorry, I was. Does my term make sense? Not, and my term might be like off a little bit. Maybe my term doesn't apply to like my point. Like small buck enabling. Um, I, it, you know, I think it might be a little skewed just because I don't think, like, I think there is a percentage of people out there screaming to the mountaintops that it's okay to kill a spike. Like, I think, yeah. I think yeah. that there is a, a percentage of that people, but I really don't think it's as much as you think. Um, but what I was just telling Eric was like, I, you know, know a guy that like for 13 years, he's killed the same buck every year in the same blind with the same gun, you know, year in and year out. But the guy's also almost in this, in his seventies, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. It's like, so it's like, I, I look back, I step back and I'm like, man, doesn't he want to do something different? But the thing is, is he's like, he's good with that. He's content. Like he's man. cool with that. Yeah. Right. And he's content. And, you know? and there's that factor to consider and that, and there's holes in my theory. I get that. Like, I grew up with a guy that is a brother of one of the guys that was like, oh, you're going cheating. He just went to go out and whack the first thing he saw, butcher it, and smoke cigarettes. That's what was his vacation. Yep. So I get it. But it, Yeah. The, the one thing about your story, though, Aaron, is the guy you're talking about. He's not posting a picture going, well. What do you think about my shop he's placement? He's not the biggest. He's not the biggest, but right. you know what I mean. Yeah. And even at camp, he's not saying that. Yeah. He is walking up on that thing, gripping and grin with a bush light and a dart in his mouth. Yep. And yeah. he's like, "Let's let's pop the buck bottle. Let's get the lady bly and the black velvet out, and let's get straight pickled." <laughs> he, he, don't you know? give two, that, he don't give two fucks what you straight think. pickled. Yeah, that's no. And that's yeah. how I this mean, guy was as well. This dude didn't even really. He didn't have a picture of the dude. And that's how that's how my whole camp was growing up. Like. You went out, shot your deer. It was the after party where everyone like, okay, drinking beer, playing cards, and smoking darts. That's what it was all about. I I, I guess. Yeah. I, so my point doesn't apply in all cases. And I I know that I'm very aware. Um, but I think where it applies the most is the people that claim that they don't care about the big buck things, but then when you get on their Instagram, all they're doing is talking to big buck killers and stroking this big buck guy and doing right. this and. And, and it's always like, okay, so you're telling me if, if the mysterious Y buck walks in and a 170 walks in, you're going to shoot the Y buck? Mm. Hey, hey, hey Kurt, he I got a question for you. Yeah. I got a, I got a question for you, Kurt. The Hot take. The make, it, make it spicy. Lay the it on people me. that say they don't the, the people that say they don't care about the big buck thing, is it because they don't kill big bucks? It's because they don't 
They can't. Yeah, they don't know how, and it's easier to just kill whatever <laughs> they're killing. <laughs> they don't want to put the effort in. But Kurt, let me ask you this: like you just said, like they can't, and they don't know how. But I thought you could trip into one fifties. You can't trip into a one fifty. <laughs> no, a lot of people out there say you can though if you go to Illinois and Iowa. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. <laughs> it, it can happen. And you it know can happen. It can happen. And you know what I do love when it does happen and they're one of our listeners, they come up and they go, "Hey, I tripped into this one." I'm yeah. just like, "Hell yeah." Hell yeah. Like that's the coolest thing I think cuz it's just like <laughs> a boy. It I makes tripped that story, t-shirt. Yeah. It makes that story even better. Cuz they could have came up and I don't know their story. Right. Dude, I yeah. fucking patterned this. You know what I mean? They could have came up with that and never been like, ah, sick, you know? But so the, the, <laughs> where I have an issue, not with your statement, because I'm on board with you. I know you uh, are. But, yeah. but I live, I live in the camp of like, I just don't give a shit. Like, if you want to do whatever you want to do, then do have it. at it. I'm going to do me. Here's I'm going to do me. Here's, that's my point earlier. At the end of the day, I, I'm not losing sleep over this. Right, exactly. And you don't come across as that you're losing sleep because, you know, it, you'd just be a lot uglier than you are right now with bags in your eyes and stuff like that. If I got were. them, bro. I got my neck tattooed. I got much to lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the guys that kind of, uh, in a in a way that kind of upset me, actually, no, it, it does bother me, are the guys that are like, um, you know, I shot this five point or this four point or six point, you know, and I live in a state that, you know, it might not be Michigan or PA it might be a better state than that. If we're calling on the hierarchy of states, but I shot that because like, you know, I only get three, four days to hunt a year. Those are the guys that kind of upset me because, and when they're, when they're less than 40 years old, those are the ones that I'm like, man, you can do better than that. Go shoot a doe. Well, they're automatically—they're already justifying their action. 100%. Which, if they yeah. really yeah. didn't yeah. want to kill a bigger buck, there would be no justifying of right. their action. Yeah, mm. and and we all four sitting here know at this time, this day and age, right now, you have every bit of information at your fingertips. At your fingertips, you have to consume it. But after you consume it. It's all about the effort that you want to put in and apply to it. And if you don't apply it, then you're only going to shoot four or five points. Like you have to apply it. Yeah, I, I understand you got to live where the deer, the caliber of deer are that you want to take. But like, don't just go out and shoot a four or five point because, you know, because you need to shoot your buck. Like that's right. where I have my disconnect. It's like yeah. that's the old mentality. That's like when I was growing up, antlers were antlers. You just shoot what you could. I get that, but like Michigan, everybody that says Michigan has a problem, we do have a problem. And I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this right now, but our problem is our older generation. Our older generation, like David said, and I say, is they just going to go out on opening day and they're going to shoot their buck, which is fine. In the in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. But if Michigan wants to 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 better their, their state, um, you know, it's going to get better as the older generation leaves. Yep. it's. I think you might have been, you might have walked away. I The point you're making is, David, pretty much the exact thing I was saying. Like, it changes with the generation. But but I have I have a caveat. Okay. And this, David's, you know, and, and I might not have been here for the conversation. David has got a grandfather 
I have grandfathers, um, you know, and my wife has grandfathers that are hunters and everything. Like, they just want to kill a deer opening day, mm-hmm. whether yeah. that's a spike, a four point, or whatever. To me, that's a hall pass. You can do it, like, just do you. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. you might not get another fall. Like, mm-hmm. but the guys that are like our age and everything like that, I think, I think we could do a little better. I hear you. Yeah, it's, 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 that's it's a hot take a little bit, Aaron. It is a hot take. Cause you can go either yeah. way with it. Like if I cut that one minute yeah. clip, like every other podcast does and posted that, Oh fuck. It's going to blow the, without the out. context. And I won't do that to you, but yeah, yeah, no, the fall will get canceled. <laughs> hey, the fall get canceled yeah. then you'd have two more hosts for the, for uh working class. We'll just start another it podcast is. for you guys. We'll start okay. a merger. And then uh, we'll get canceled when I say faggot again on the next episode. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You haven't said that yet tonight. It's, it's, uh, he has now. Mark it. You guys, you guys nailed it, though. It's it's very situational, right? Because yeah. like Aaron pointed out, I, I got a grandpa. He's, he's going to be in the early 80s. And all he, you know, he finally hung up his vertical bow, you know, probably about 10 years ago. So now we just, now he's just opening day of gun season. And he will sit there. All day long, every day until he shoots one. Usually, first two days, and he's got one, and he's happy. And he's he's early eighties, so I'm I'm all about it. But the hard part is, so we've kind of ripped on the older generation a bit. I'm gonna actually rip on the younger generation mm, a little bit go. now. Okay? Get, but before we but before we go into that, can I just say something though? Like, if yeah. I'm fu- if I make it to fucking eighty. I shooting. hope I'm out there and I'm shooting whatever comes in first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it, well, you got to make it to 80 first. I got to make it to fucking 80 yeah. first, but at the same time, look at where they're coming from saying like, yeah. I get the they, older generation is totally I'm, different. I'm but I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth there because we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not. You know what I mean? If no, we even dude. fucking make it there, Aaron, I, I will not yeah. make it there. I can tell you H- that. Here's the thing. Before Dave makes his next point here. That's going to probably fuck us all up in this again. We all know, I'm speaking for all four of us, there's holes in this conversation. Oh, 100%. And there's holes in all of our points. The point of it is to get you thinking, and we're thinking, like, th- we did not talk about what we were going to talk about on this podcast. This is <laughs> organic conversation, 100%. as real as it gets. And, of course, there's going to be some fucking wrong points made. And if you have a problem with it, suck our white asses. Kick rocks. You know, go somewhere else. <laughs> Kick rocks. So sorry, yeah. guys. Said to yeah. say that. Like we're just being no, honest, you know. That's good. just straight up. Yep. Yep. And I and I tell you that Eric just made a great point about you know that that generation of age. I just wanted to say tell tell a little story right real quick. Is my grandpa that I talked about every deer that I have hanging on my wall, no matter where I've killed it at in Michigan, my this grandpa I have a picture with every single one because like he still loves it that much. So I, I make it a point that I don't care what deer he shoots also. Me and my girls go out and track and take the same picture with him all the time. So yep. mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just want to get that out that's, there. Yeah, that's cool. My yeah. hot take yeah, my hot take about so you know, this is my worry about the generation talk. Cause you know, like Kurt said that, you know, maybe with this this younger generation coming up, we can maybe change some of this. The the part that I see the problem with and this this is with a lot of humans naturally, but I think I, at least in the area that I hunt, I see it with the people that are naturally younger than I am. When it comes to big deer hunting, 
or if you're mobile hunting or if you're working your ass off putting food plots in, whatever the case may be. I see guys, they put an effort in for about two, sometimes three years. And if they don't have success, they revert back to what they did before. They mm. kind of just drop that. And when you don't have, when they don't have success doing something, they just go back to their old ways. And here's the thing I talk about often with big deer. This is a long, you got to play the long game. It's sometimes a marathon, with, not a sprint. With, yep. bit, with big deer. Yeah, you may, it may happen on year one, but then you're going to be humbled real quick until you don't kill one on year four. But if you keep putting the damn work in, and you start having success year after year, and you see what it takes, then it pays off. That's my worry about the younger generation, is I think they they don't have instant success. If they don't see, see instant results, they go back to the old ways. They're that, impatient. That, that, that's just my take. What, Dave, what pocket are you considering this younger Like, what age gap would you be throwing in there with that point? I'm just curious. Cause- Man, I, you know, when it, oh, so I, First, before I hit an age gap, it might that might seem I've like a weird a, question because we we just have well, we have an intern now and he's younger. Okay, yeah, and he's sitting outside the so, studio right now working because he's he's got a work ethic. I think we were getting yeah. to is like the younger generation doesn't have like a long like a commit. They have commitment issues probably. Uh, well, seven thirty on a Wednesday night, he's got a damn good work ethic. <laughs> I would, dude, yeah, fucking, but it, well, he's killing it. Yeah. Yeah, not only does it take a good work ethic, but like you also have to be able to put that work ethic in when you don't see good results. Because the one thing with big deer hunting, your the percentage that it actually comes together is very, very minimal. Oh, the, yeah. you, if you if you look at your season from you know let's just say January one to December thirty first, the amount of work that goes in to have that one opportunity, maybe two sometimes on a good year. The amount of work you have to be able to accept that there is going to be a shit ton of days that you don't get to see success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you, you paint a wall and you can see instant success. And I think there's a I think there's a lot of people that enjoy that. Yeah. With, with big deer hunting, that you know, my gosh, I mean, you, you may go for years, but then if you keep applying that, applying the information, applying the shit that you failed at and learn from it. It can start paying off, but if I if I had to pick a generation, man, it's oh man, I have a hard time putting an age on that one, Kurt, because man, these every human is different. I I know guys that are older than me that they've asked me and they they see you know like, well, why do you carry that that stand or that saddle on your back and this and that, and they said, well, I'm going to try that, and it takes about three to four weeks and they're done with it. Yeah, but you know, I man. I I don't want and I don't want to. It's step case in. by case basis because is, I know yeah. I know guys that old that are like my age that are lazier in a pet coon, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, yeah. you know, I never they can't get up one. in the morning to you know, yeah. It's Wait. just it's just case by case, but I do see, you know, that like I'm gonna throw an age on it. I'm gonna say, you know, anywhere from like that twenty three to twenty four to like thirty. When I think yeah. you hit that thirty age is when you're like, you need to be locked in. If you're not locked in, you're probably going to need a gold-plated pitchfork because you're going to pitch shit for the rest of your life. That's mm-hmm. where I'm yeah. at with I think it. you're in there no. with the buffer time. So our intern just turned 20. So okay. he yeah. falls he's in young. He's, he's yeah. young, shit, young. He hasn't even dropped yeah. his balls yet. Can, can, I ask you, can I ask you a question about your intern? Uh, yeah. How, like, did, did he have 
this is what's always curious. You want me to get me him in here? Get him in here. Jordan, come in here. Yeah. Here, we I'll, just summoned him. I'm going to adjust this. We're going to adjust this camera. We summoned our intern. Get awake. Did he fall asleep on us? <laughs> oh, he he's talking about his work ethic and he just back there just yeah, he's lay, taking laid a up snooze I, he had his earbuds in he was he was uh he was editing i i think of the same thing when we talk about the younger generation but then i also think about where it's like did the older generation say that shit about us oh, oh sure did they, did they, were they having this same conversation when they were our age and we were his age you know what i'm saying yeah yeah I I, dude, I I believe that. Like, 100%. look at these idiots on their cell phones all, right. all the time and all this shit. But so, I mean, we turned out our Eric had to lean into that camera a little bit. So this is Jordan, our intern. What's going on? How you doing, man? Doing good. What's up, buddy? So this is the first podcast you've been on with working class? I was on the Victory Drive podcast the other day. Okay, so that's our firearm okay. podcast. So Jordan didn't hear us. He had his earbuds and he was working. We we're talking about like generational gap and like. Uh, com- basically committing the goals of killing like a mature deer or a, what, right? It's, that'd be like the way to sum it up. Yeah. And yep. and yep. And, I, and David had a question for you as a as a younger generation guy. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I I hope you answer it one way, but I'm gonna guess that you you probably you're not gonna answer it the way I'm. I'm <laughs> There's no right or wrong here, Jordan. Yeah. It's how just whatever you think, man. But throw it out. Yeah, but but taking the internship there at at working class. Did you like? Did you get into it because you liked hunting, or did you want to get into it because you like production? Um, I like both of them, but I don't know. I either way, I'd still film my own hunts, or I'd still go hunting. Yeah. So you grew up yeah. hunting, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, it's hunting I, first. I mean, if I had to give up the camera or the bow, I'd give up the camera. Okay. Yeah, I I figured you were going to lean that way, but I was hoping that maybe the answer was like I man, I I never really grew up hunting, but I I'm like you were just interested in seeing where like the hunting content and everything is leaning towards this day. We're like I I think it'd be really interesting to talk to someone that's getting into being a an intern or getting into videography or photography in the hunting world but they never grew up into it but they see like what's happening into it but i figured that you probably grew up around hunting and knew kind of like what you're getting yourself into i i got a question for you jordan so you're you're 20 years old um you know sounds like you're pretty passionate about hunting and 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 if you're wanting to get into the whole you know, production game. I, I, I look at you and I, I see myself 16 years ago. I'm going to date myself. I started filming my hunts when I was 16. And when I, when I was 16 and started filming my hunts, I knew that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I've been a outdoor producer for almost 13 years now. And you have probably a lot of friends, a tight knit group of friends, probably, but a lot of friends that are like-minded like you and, and hunters and everything but do you see some of your friends, not the name names or anything like that, but do you see some of your friends that just like, just don't have a work ethic that are just like, just kind of get up and just mosey through the day and just like, you might look at them and you're like, man, you better kick yourself in the ass or if you're, you're not going to make it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, not really like my tight group of friends, but I definitely have. You definitely know. Those I know. Yeah. I like friends that I get, I don't know. You like, you just look at them and you know, like, 
they you gotta suck. you gotta figure something out. <laughs> they're the guys. Like they're you're the not, guys sleeping yeah. in on October first. Yeah. You're not. You're not doing something right here. <laughs> like you got. And, and 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 I don't mean you have to be out there grinding every day and being a, you know, all day sits all the time and every yeah. morning and every night. Like I went through that. Now it's very much like hunt smarter, not harder. Kind Just of when thing. you need like, to. Yeah, when you need to exactly. do it, you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and it's that's all goes to back to like the pivot and adapt thing. It's just like, you know, you find your groove, but it takes a lot of years. Jordan, it, in 15 years, you're going to hunt totally different than you hunt right now. I can tell yeah. you that right now. 100%. Like you, It's just going to be totally different. And you might not think that right now because I didn't think that when I was still wet behind the years and 20 years old. But like, it's just going to change. Shit's going to change. You're going to learn so much. You Shit, you might be working for Nat Geo, you know, and, and not in the working class studio, just, you know, pounding menthols and st- like <laughs> What <laughs> is that? What we do here is we pound menthols, hitting darts on <laughs> the back. I, I, I may put the words in his mouth there. So <laughs> I, I will say, um, Jordan does have a, for your age has from what I've talked to you, you do have a pretty good beat and mindset on what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely like the right mind for progression. Because I think back when I was oh, I'm 21 or 22, I killed my second biggest buck to this date at that time. I might have been the year like 23. But uh, I had I had a motivated mindset for hunting. I worked hard to obviously so I could go hunting was my goal. But uh, I feel like from what I've seen so far, you do have that mindset. Like, but you know, from from our perspective, getting an intern, we didn't want a guy who knew nothing about hunting and all about videography because then you don't want to take that guy hunting because then he's mm-hmm. gonna fuck shit up for you. Right. Yeah. Dude, I've had so many different guys film me in the past. And when, like, you don't even need to be a good hunter. You just need to know deer mechanics. You need to know how deer react. You need to know how they move. When a deer, you know, when a doe, when she gets in the tree and she's doing like the head bob, the head bob, the head bob, you got to know like those little things. I don't care if you've killed big deer or not. You have to be ingested into whitetail hunting. Mm-hmm. You, t- I've always said this since the <clears throat> since the beginning of starting production. Give me a dude that has like just a little bit of ounce of whitetail hunting to film and do production or even edit a TV show, a hunting TV show over, you know, some big wig in LA or some big wig somewhere that does a T, you know, a national television or something. Like, give me that guy because when we're in a tree and we've got a group of eight, you know, eight sets of eyes around us, I need to know that that guy is doing things the right way to not get picked because yeah, it's those little things that are going to ruin a hunt or make it successful. Mm-hmm. So you just need to have a little bit of wits about you. And honestly, I, uh, you know, I was thrown into the fire and, and, and my first, first time out, like right out of college was like, I was thrown into big deer. Like it, I was on the best whitetail farm I've ever even to this day set foot on and happened to be in Illinois. I won't say where it was or what it was, but um, you know, you're seeing four, five, one forties, one fifties, one sixties in in a week, and you have to know how to react. Like you might not be the one pulling the bull back, but you're the one that it's actually making the money for the TV show. Like it's oh, yeah. comes down to you in the in that sense. So mm-hmm. you have to know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, and that one forty is gonna act different than that one sixty or that one seventy. Yeah, you know, exactly. You got you to like, know that also. Exactly. And, you know, I always say, like, 
we'll go back to like the kind of the adult onset, you know, hunter, the guys that whether they're adults or whether they're, you know, kids getting into it. The first thing I like to tell people is like, yeah, you, you need to kill deer, but you need to learn deer. You need to learn how they move, how they act, how they like just go sit on a on a field edge in the summer and just kind of see how they move, how they how they interact with each other. Like that's gonna tell you so much. Like you need to learn your subject before you get into the killing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What what I what I like, Jordan, is that dude, you're <laughs> I don't want to date myself, but you're like two decades younger than I am, dude. <laughs> Old head over here. Hey, here here's Old here's head. what I here's what I no enjoy cap. though. <laughs> here's what i love buddy is that you're 20 years old you're taking an internship i don't know what all an internship you know the details of hollows work but the fact is is like you're chasing something and i am the one thing you will learn about me is i am i'm a passionate person i'm a hundred or nothing kind of person and i always tell people like i tell my kids this all the time that i don't care like i, I love hunting you know, the biggest whitetails I can find in Michigan with archery equipment. I have a true, a diehard, true passion for that. Not everyone has to have that true, that same passion, but I wish, I hope everyone has a passion that burns just like mine does to that extent. And when I see young guys like you, 20 years old, you know, I have an idea what an internship looks like and just out there like chasing it. I like to see what you do in a decade from now. And I, I love, I just love seeing guys chase it, man. I, I really, I really enjoy it. I, I give kudos to you, dude. I, I Thank really you. do. That's valuable. Yeah. I will say, uh, it's a lot of, uh, you clean toilets a lot. Yeah. You, uh, clean up Doug's mustache hairs in the studio. It's real bummer. <laughs> do dishes. <laughs> do the dishes. Yeah, We're real bummer. Concrete in the basement. Concrete in our basement. <laughs> he actually leaded the project on concrete on our remodel next door. Yep. Um, next time you guys come in here, it's going to be looking a real little nice. bit different. A little different. I yeah. like it. Hey, yeah. and there's a good chance we might be in there this fall if, you know, we'll see if we can make the detour going down to Kansas. If you guys are around Dude. early November, Let's we might do be it. able to make it. Hey, we'll make it Let's happen. It. Hey, should we, we got another podcast to do on your guys' side of things. Should we end this and jump over there? I got one thing to say to Jordan real quick. Yeah. I got into filming. I went to college for filming and production. Like I have a degree in it. That didn't mean shit. Okay. It, I learned more after that, after college that has taught me more for life than, you know, whatever. So it's, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is if there's one thing I can tell you that you don't need any skill for, is if you're ever filming someone or someone's relying on you, don't be the reason that they're you're that that things are getting held up for. Yeah. If if I've I've filmed people for a living that that the hunters are for a living on TV, guys that couldn't get out of bed in the morning, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? If you get up early in the morning before them, and you're Johnny on the spot. Nobody wants to wait on you, okay? Be one step ahead of everybody. And when you're... Just don't let that person have to worry about you. Be a sponge. Be a fly on the wall. Do your job. Work hard. And you don't need skill to be punctual. And you don't need skill to work hard. Just work hard. 
make sure nobody has to wait on you and you're going to go a long way in this world man and i cannot wait like david said in 10 years to see where you're at shit you could be filming the next mark drury or lee lakoski and i hope that's that the that's the fact man i appreciate that yeah i appreciate you giving them good advice because that's super cool you know talking to jordan i'm like dude listen like the, the beginning starts with us. Like, we're not going to like We will keep you here if you want to be here, you know? But, like, the the if you're willing to work nowadays, yep. opportunity for great careers and adventure are fucking insane right now because no one else is willing to put in any effort. Right. Yep. Yeah, and, and nailed it. Another thing is, too, the tattooed motherfucker sitting to the right of you knows a lot of people. So if you work your ass off for him, He's going to make sure you go a lot of places. Oh, yeah. yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I like how you degraded me first, though. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, I, dude, I fucking love talking to you guys. It's always a goddamn just good time. It is a good time. And yep. uh, we should do it again in like five minutes. Sure. Let's get back on it and do Let's it in do five it. minutes. Sounds great. <laughs> cool. Where can people find the fall podcast? Hey, man, go anywhere you download a podcast, type in the fall podcast. You can see us anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, wherever it is now, anywhere. I think it's on like 40 or 50 different outlets. Um, go to IG, the fall podcast, follow us on there or on Facebook, the website, fallpodcast.com. Eric was a freaking trooper and helping me get through my degenerate fix, you know, helping me with the store. He was a big part of our merch and our store so thank you very much for that dude i greatly appreciate that I so go there i still am sending an invoice but I'll, I'll send it over yeah it's probably <laughs> going to be like 3k you know for like one night of you know at this point <laughs> eric and i just talked about how many people hit us up for help on online store advice i'm like quit fucking helping people we learned on our own i you said, help I said i've helped about three people and so that's it aaron, you, aaron you're on one hand three people yeah. no one else yeah. and if we're I'll speak for Aaron on this one as well. <laughs> if we're your first go-to, hey, how do I start a podcast? It ain't for you. Nope. <laughs> Don't ask me because I'm not giving out more, any more info. <laughs> I'm, I'm spent. If you want to know what mic to use, look at the ones we're using, screenshot them, and fucking Google image the motherfuckers and buy them. <laughs> Amen. Just 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 do do what you do to everyone's white tail photos on the internet and try to figure out what's in the fucking background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how you learn how to podcast. Wait, what, what public do I have to hunt now? Yeah. I because right now I can figure out what mics they have, what board they have, and what they're drinking, what kind of cups they're drinking on. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's how I found these mounts. I see them on a podcast. I screenshot it. I zoomed in and found the brand. Yeah. We actually found a cheaper version that works just as well. So exactly. we're in class for your ass suck our asses <laughs> wait did, did did we have any questions for them on instagram oh we had no one fucking put them in there let's see if anything updated good call let's do it. before we get off this wonderful podcast that we've had. i've got questions but we're gonna save it for the next episode yeah 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 we'll do that okay let's see here everyone hates us shit talking okay don't talk about michigan mm-hmm. oh god all right hold on let's see how do you get to those questions i don't know how this works when you're at ig hit oh, the hard okay. top okay hold on there's there's four <laughs> fucking questions one i already hit them up 
One I didn't. I already answered because it wasn't to you guys. It was to us. So they they got to figure that out. Um, one is stirring the pot. When's Rompola coming back to shoot another record breaker? Is one. Um, that's a funny one. We'll, we'll just leave that one for your guys' episode. Uh, you get a cell cam pick of a 170. It's November 14th. Only weapon available is crossbow. You're shooting it. Oh, 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 oh. Let's save these for the next episode. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do if that. you guys want to hear all the questions, because we got questions as well, go over to the fall podcast on our episode, and we'll we'll answer Let's all those. Let's do it. Cool. We'll figure out when all this launches. It might be back afterwards, depending on schedules, but uh, just figure it out. It's yeah, you'll get that on those bigger jobs. We'll make it work. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Tuning in, watching, listening, watching if this ever gets aired to watch. We appreciate you. Go shoot your boat. Peace.